We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I mean, what could go wrong for the 49ers is if they actually get put behind schedule by Brock Purdy. By, you know, either coughing up the ball or having a ball that might have floated on him land in a cowboy's hands instead of peacefully and mercifully on the ground. And we did see some balls get away from Brock, and maybe that was a little bit of those first nerves in his first postseason game. Kyle Shanahan on his conference call talked about how it's good for a, a young quarterback to be nervous because keeps your head on a swivel, keeps you frosty, but you got to control it all too. Having nerves and jitters isn't about being nervous or not confident or scared. It's, man, we are amped up for this stuff, just like the fans are, just like everybody is. I mean, it is a big deal. It is a violent game, and you go out there, and you, you know, we're all revved up and on one. And sometimes when it's like that, it's you might miss a throw. You might make a bad play call. Some guys jump off sides. I mean, all that stuff happens. So that, that's just part of the game and learning how to play stuff at a high level with such intensity but still not make mistakes. And I do think that's all part of the game. But Brock will say, yeah, I'm wrapped up right now. And it's, it's not about being nervous or anxious. It's just about that's what the situation is. And um, that's why it's hard for a lot of people. That's why a lot of people can be 80% on free throws. But then when they get into a real NBA game, they can't hit anything. So um, that's why some kickers are awesome in practice. And then you get into those games and it's, it's just different. So that happens with everybody. And um, the quarterback who's got to take all these hits and sit in the pocket, keep his eyes down the field, man, you better be rubbed up and in a mindset for a physical battle but also relaxed enough so that you don't overdo anything so that's the challenge of the position got to be ready to drive hard but not run your engine in the red basically is what he's saying right there and brock purdy hey maybe that engine was you know revved up in the red and the rpms came out a little bit too hot early and that explained some of the let's call it, it 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 he didn't look nervous but he did look out of sync early uh, there's there's no doubt about it. There He looked a little out of sync, but then he settled himself in. You want to know one of the plays that I really thought helped him settle in, Ray, was when he started scrambling and he put that, I'm calling it, I'm going to go, I'm going to invoke Walter Payton's running style here. When he gave him the show pony kick, I know that there's been a debate about calling it a high step or what did that look like or who do you remind you? That was signature Walter Payton show pony kick where you put yourself into another gear by a little high kick, ankle out, stammer step, which gets you around the corner more than just keeping the same pace to turn yourself into an easier to track target. Uh, it was, I, I thought that that play went as far as to settling him in as any play that he made through the air all day. Yeah, the other thing, and I, I, I looked this up last night, um, he has almost not been behind any appreciable amount, except that when they were down 10 to the Raiders. 
So he hasn't had to go out of his way and become a hero. So he's been able to sort of stay within the parameters that Kyle Shanahan has set for him. If Dallas can get a 10-point lead early, we'll see how he copes with that because the Raider game was the one where the 49ers had to fight like hell to survive. And it wasn't that he was bad, but the more you ask of him in a high-pressure situation, I think the more Dallas will like its situation. Yeah. But for them to do that, they have to get ahead early. And therein lies my reasoning why they have to keep the ball for a long time early so that Purdy doesn't get a rhythm or a feel to get into his usual groove. And the only way you can force him out of his comfort zone is to make him have to get points. It's just we got to stay close. We're losing. We're losing touch with them. So you're already one day ahead of my talking points to keep everyone fresh all week long because we have got several days of run up here. I don't want to just like dump all of my talking points into one show. Tomorrow's talking point. Oh, can we have tomorrow off then? No, 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 no. We're going to need to talk. If about I already this did tomorrow's show, well, you didn't quite do the entirety of the show. But to well, me, what else do you need? One of the single biggest similarities between the Cowboys and the 49ers is both of these teams are outstanding front runners. And I wouldn't be surprised if whichever team was leading at the end of the first quarter wasn't the team that was leading when the game were over. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Both of these teams are excellent grabbing a lead and then suffocating a game and holding on to it. That's exactly what Dallas did last night. Now, they had a lot of help by a failing in many different directions Buccaneers team on the field with them. But as soon as they were up 18 nothing, you know, it became a nice talking point to say, well, you know, those, those missed point after touchdowns could really come back and haunt them. Not for a minute did I think that the four point after touchdowns were going to be haunting the Dallas Cowboys at any point in time in that game. They were up 24 nothing. Exactly. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, if you take those four missed extra points and just say, well, they only scored three touchdowns, but they got a field goal, you know. That's 24-2. The fact was, Tampa got zero right. until it, the game was way over. The only thing it real did, really did was leave open an easier mathematical equation to dig yourself out of a hole based on, oh, well, we can go you know, and convert two two-point conversions and make that up right there. And you know, it just made the math easier to see on the football calculator, but it didn't make it any more of a reality to actually appear in that game. If only they could have gotten Brady to throw 75 balls. Hey, they were on their way. They certainly tried. Uh, I want to get back to Brock Purdy's afternoon, again, which started a little bit slowly, only to see it end with him becoming the first rookie quarterback in league history to account for four touchdowns in a postseason game. And remember... There very much could have been a fifth if Brandon Ayuk running out of end zone is able to hold on to a pass that was delivered just pretty much perfectly to the last inch of the end zone, but Ayuk couldn't hold on to it. Ayuk even, like post game, said, I'm sorry I didn't hold on to that one, man. I'm screwing up your highlight tape. Uh, we asked Peter King about that very play, and here's what he had to say about it earlier this week. Here's what is significant about that. Imagine the confidence that Brock Purdy has to have in himself, okay, to be able to make that play. And I think 
one of the things that I loved about it is that it looked like he looked at all four receivers multiple times on that play. And then he finally threw a bullet, a perfect throw, in the corner of the end zone to Brandon Ayuk. It was a tough catch, but, you know, I thought I should have caught it. But, but be that as it may, everything about that play just said great things about who Brock Purdy is and how he plays. There's been a lot of suggestions of greatness. I, I think in that last game alone, the suggestion of greatness it reared its head. It, it really reared its head. It, Brock Purdy, to me, the price of Brock Purdy's stock is going to keep on going up with every playoff success story that gets attached to him. But beyond just that, the way that he played that game a little bit differently than the games that he had played up to that point. In a in a game that you'd think maybe keeping it more simple and closer to the vest is the game where Brock opened up his own playbook, if you will, his own abilities playbook to a level of scrambling and keeping plays alive that we really had not seen in the first five games that he had played in a 49er uniform. So that was impressive to me. His 332 passing yards are the second most by a rookie in his first career playoff game and the most since Sammy Baugh from back in 1937. I mean, that's pretty significant. He became the first player with multiple passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in his first playoff game for the 49ers since Colin Kaepernick did so against the Packers in 2012. He threw for the most yards in a postseason game for a 49er quarterback since Joe Montana threw for 357 in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 23 to be exact. I had to ask Ray earlier off the top of my head, Ray, is that the 55-10 blowout over the Broncos? No, that was the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, the one that they... Second go-around. Yeah, they still struggled in that one, too. They struggled in both of them against Cincinnati. Right, but that wasn't John Taylor... No. I saw John Candy game. Yeah, that that wasn't the... uh, I think that was the Dan Buns game. Buns. Um, Purdy became the youngest player in league history at 23 years old in 18 days at the day he did it to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns in a postseason game. By the way, the oldest remaining quarterback in the NFL's postseason is Dak Prescott. He's 29. That's an old man all of a sudden uh, among the still remaining quarterbacks out there alive in this NFL postseason. Kyle Shanahan talked about on his conference call yesterday the conversation he had at halftime to make sure Purdy was settled into the game. When Brock sees the tape, he's, he's always so honest with himself, and I think we see see it very similar, and I think he trusts that we see stuff when he isn't seeing it, um, and I think he also knew that. And, and so I think when you go in in the first half and you're averaging eight and a half yards of play and you've scored on all your three possessions, uh, you just came up short in the red zone on two, I don't think there is much of a panic. I think everyone's like, holy cow, we're getting after the, these guys. We just we got to start scoring touchdowns because we've missed two opportunities. We've only had the ball three times. Let's figure out how to finish these. And so I don't think there was much, it wasn't that big of a deal at halftime. It was that first half almost went as good as it could. But if we don't finish some of these big plays and we just keep getting field goals, then we're going to have to be dependent on them not scoring the rest of the game to try to win. And we don't have to be dependent on that. So I think coming out in the first drive of the third quarter, 
throwing things down a little bit and just going on a good drive that ended with seven. I think that was a huge deal for us, and then it kind of took off from there. I thought it was a huge deal, too, the fact that the 49ers would go on their, what was their longest drive of the entire season, their first 13-play drive, I believe, of the entire year uh, when they were down after halftime is a testament to how smoothly they did come out of that locker room, all things considered. But I agree with Kyle Shanahan. The problem that the 49ers had at halftime was the way that their defense was playing. Not even their red zone shortcomings, to me, was a real problem of that first half. It was the Jimmy Ward hit that brought Seattle into a junk field goal range at the end of the half that actually had you down one at halftime. I don't know if you caught this at all last night, Ray. Were you watching the actual broadcast or the Manning cast? I watched the actual. So I toggled between both, but I had not heard this until I saw it today. Um, Awful Announcing tweeted this out. And Peyton Manning, talking to Eli on the Manning cast on ESPN2, was asked about how important it is to make halftime adjustments. Because let's face it, Ray, there is no talking point that studio hosts love more than the talking point of the halftime adjustments that either were made after the fact or need to be made as they're being made at halftime because they're killing halftime. They love, love, love talking about the halftime adjustments. Remember Dan Reeves? The greatest halftime adjuster and head coach in football. Nobody, nobody halftime adjusted like Dan Reeves. You gave him a problem in the first two quarters. By golly, he would go into that locker room and he would fix it all at halftime. And that's why the Washington team won so much when he was there. And it was too bad that he liked driving in NASCAR too. Because you can't make halftime adjustments in a race. But boy, you can make halftime adjustments in the NFL. Well, Peyton Manning basically blew all of that up last night on the Manning cast. I don't know about you. I don't think I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18-year career. I think it's the biggest myth in football, the halftime adjustments, right? You go in, you you use the restroom, you eat a couple of oranges, and then the head coach says, all right, let's go. Yeah, no question. I mean, you're in there for like three minutes. There's no time. In other words, you get a, a, a lame mini pep talk, you get a potassium replacement, and you take a leak. That's what really goes. That's the adjustment at halftime. No, that's the adjustment at halftime that Peyton Manning had to do. Because Peyton Manning was not only a superb quarterback, he was a guy who ran his own huddle and one of the last ones to do it. So he was going to be the one who made the adjustments himself, you know, because he was the one doing most of the play calling as, lo- as well as everything else. So, Well, Eli's whatever, agreeing, though, and he didn't quite have that level of independence. Maybe not, but what's he going to do? Peyton's the guy who makes the money, so Eli's along for the ride. But I think there are coaches who make adjustments that they just don't necessarily have to do with the quarterback. Maybe he does stuff on the defensive side. Maybe he, maybe he you know, is doing some things in protection. I don't think there are a lot of adjustments you can give a quarterback because you've already given him a metric ton of stuff to learn uh, during the week for every situation. So I think in terms of a quarterback, yeah, there probably aren't a lot of adjustments to make. But for most coaches, in fact, all now, since they all call their own plays, uh, I think these these adjustments show up in terms of play selection more than anything else. Peyton Manning didn't have to worry about that because he was the guy who selected the plays. It was pretty much his show, and he got to run it the way he wanted to. Yeah, who's going to argue with him? Well, he did say in 18 years, so from day one 
There were no halftime adjustments for Peyton Manning? Okay. I know. believe there were a few. He yeah. might have been exaggerating a bit for effect. But I'd say after year four, once he no longer became the turnover machine that he started off as, and the Colts got better, uh, I'll bet it's true. I'll bet they didn't have to tell him anything at halftime. A, they were probably ahead. And B, the team they were playing wasn't as good as the As soon as were. David Cutcliffe was like, I can teach him no more. We're, we're yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, they're... He's right that way too much is made of, you know, stuff that happens in the halftime, you know, in, in the 12 minutes of halftime. But they've got, you know, the the guys have to do their dance. What are they going to talk about? Well, that's the thing. The it's, stuff you saw or the stuff that makes football mystical. It's myth-making. It's the fairy tale. It's yeah. the win-one for the Gipper speech that echoes throughout history. And, and that's, they, 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 they love selling a little real-life myth-making in real time. But uh, there's some honesty there from, yeah. from, I mean, from, from Peyton Manning. The, the, great, the, great, the first great NFL championship game that people remember was the Ice Bowl game. And... Before the, the play that won, the, the quarterback sneak by Bart Starr that won the game in this horrendous weather. It was like minus 20. It was the day that the frozen tundra was truly invented. Yeah. And they call a timeout before the last play. And Bart Starr tells Vince Lombardi, who, of course, was the godhead of all football, then he says, look, let's just run the same thing we did last time. All I have to do is get down lower. What I when I go into the line. It's all we have to do. I know we can do it. And Vince Lombardi's great adjustment to that was, okay, get in and let's get the hell out of here. That's an adjustment I can live with. Just go back and let's get the hell out of here. There, there, there's a lot less thinking than we go on, than we think goes on. And the fact that they wrap the game around so much technology that they make it impenetrable for most people to enjoy is, I guess, the thing of its time. You know, make everything seem more complicated than it is. But ultimately, it is my big guys push your big guys over and I win. Hey, there are some real, real honest-to-God football truths that are going to be true at all times. Low man wins. That's a football truth. Yeah, that I is mean, basically ninety nine point nine percent accurate. I mean, John Harbaugh blaming Tyler Huntley for trying the quarterback sneak with a jump instead of just burrowing his way through the guard's legs to to get into the end zone. I mean, it just it's yeah. Is it old school football? Yeah, but Kalen Kaler of the Athletic wrote a long thing about one of the reasons why Jalen Hurts is so good. The Eagles do two things when he runs into the line. On a, on a short yardage situation. One, they push from behind. And the other thing is, they grab his shirt and they pull him. So he's being pushed from behind and pulled from ahead. And they said it works like 92% of the time. Well, that's also, you know, one of the best centers in all of football and Jason Kelsey. But it's the guards doing it. It's the tackles. It, it, it doesn't matter what the hole is that he hits. That's what they're doing in short yardage. And technically, it might be illegal. And the Eagles didn't, you know, confirm anything with her, but she ate enough tape to see, no, that's what they're doing. And they're not going to call that penalty ever. So it still is about my big guy against your big guy. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.